Hi, I'm Harriet, a mental health professional and educator, and this is Dawn Breaks, the podcast all about finding hope and maybe also healing after reaching rock bottom. In this episode, I am talking to the wonderful Carrie, and there's nothing in particular that I need to warn you about in here, but we do speak about long-term health conditions and about diet as well. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to this week's episode of Dawn Breaks, and I am absolutely delighted to welcome Carrie, who is joining me today. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Harriet. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. How do we find you today? How are you? I am doing well. It is the new year and feeling really excited about all the possibilities. Yeah, me too. It feels like the world has been in a bit of a funk for a while, doesn't it? And I, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I feel like the energy is sort of shifting a little bit and feeling a bit more positive, hopefully. Fingers crossed for an exciting 2022. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. We find you in such a good place. I'm really pleased about that. So Carrie, you already know about how the podcast works, but what I like to do is not give you a big introduction, but we will get to all of the amazing things that you're doing later on. And instead let people kind of meet you more naturally where you're at. So I wonder if there is a time that you would be prepared to tell us about and talk to us about where you felt particularly vulnerable or particularly low in yourself. And maybe we'll start there. Yeah. The truth, honestly, is there are so many different times. I am someone who I'll just lead with the fact that I have celiac disease and an autoimmune disease. And so for the longest time, I really struggled with depression and I wouldn't even say anxiety. I think it was more depression for me, but really this, this feeling of like, I could never get better. So I say that because being diagnosed with celiac has totally changed my entire world. Um, Mm. and so now there's just so much more research, right. With how much our gut health leads to our mental health. Mm -hmm. And so that's like an overarching theme of my teenage years, my twenties, all of that. But I would say on a, like a different scale, I was feeling very unfulfilled, which I think is much more common than we like to talk about. And then I also have just been having so many more conversations in the last two years around this, because I think there's not a human alive that hasn't had to reevaluate in some fashion. Mm -hmm. Do I enjoy what I'm doing? Do I enjoy my life? Do I like where I live? You know, all those big questions that we've kind of been forced to look at in light of the pandemic Mm -hmm. and being at home. So that for me really started about five or more like six years ago. I had all the things on paper that I was supposed to want and I was happy enough, but I was like, is this it? Like, is this really, really it? I'm just not sure. Okay. That's so interesting what you said just there. I suppose it could be a stage, a life stage as well, but I've had many friends and me myself as well. I've gone through that process of the moments you get where you sit back and reevaluate and maybe the things that you thought were going to make you happy and help you to feel fulfilled 
don't necessarily or they then become their own version of trapping you in something else that you you don't necessarily want to to be in but thank you for being vulnerable I know that autoimmune diseases can be so challenging because it's an ongoing you know melody to the back you know to your life isn't it it's going on all the time And, and I can imagine that has such an impact on your mental health on a sort of daily basis it does. And honestly, I I am so thankful. I met someone this week that was like, oh, that must suck. Like, oh, you can't eat because I am entirely gluten free. Right. So okay. I can't have most breads and pastas and things. And uh, obviously there's substitutes for all of these things now. However, you know, like I travel a lot I'm in Mexico right now. And and this person was just saying how terrible that must be. And I just don't have that perspective because it's literally saved my mental health to the point where I'm just a totally different person than I used to be. And so for me, it's the greatest gift of my life that I was able to discover this and that eating in a different way can keep my mental health truly in check. And like, I can thrive solely based on what I put into my body. I love that. That's so empowering. I think you're so right as well. We it's sort of almost like the gut brain connection is is beginning to become quite well known but for a long time it's felt like something that people felt was a bit far out you know how could it really be impacting our mental health that much but it's actually massive and how interesting that your perspective is totally different because sometimes I mean I don't know whether this is the case for you but sometimes when people say to me oh that must be awful that you, you know it's not always the most helpful conversation because you've put yourself into a good frame of mind about it but it sounds as though your feelings about it are fairly rock solid because you weren't you know bothered by that but but it's true isn't it you know what is the price that we'll pay for good mental health and actually it turns out quite a high price lots of people will pay you know I can relate to this that I I don't really drink alcohol much anymore I do drink a little bit but not very it's quite rare not very often and there's sort of multiple things that I do food wise in terms of what I intake and what I don't because I can see that it I can feel how much of a big impact it has on my mental Mm. health and I wonder you know whether people are feeling after the sort of Christmas splurge maybe of eating things that we shouldn't eat or too much or drinking too much you know now's the moment where your body feels really you know potentially sluggish but you found this way to nourish your mind through your body at the same time and potentially makes a big big difference so I mean what was it like before you knew how to do this what was it like before you knew how to eat the right foods for you I mean, it was quite miserable, to be honest. Like I just was sick for a very long time and not not just my mental health. I mean, it was dramatic with my mental health, but it was also my gut. Um, I had really terrible migraines, like, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. And so looking back, it's, I mean, there's no way to know for certain, but in my mind, they're all symptoms of undiagnosed celiac. And so I had all of these severe symptoms, right? Like debilitating migraines where I could not do anything and had to be in dark rooms starting when I was a teenager. And so all of those things were manifesting because my body couldn't process gluten, but like no one knew that. Right. And so it's just been a complete 180 for me in terms of how I feel. And so again, it's like when people make comments, I just am not faced by it because 
the price, like you're saying, it just doesn't compare. Like mm-hmm. th- there's no comparison in my mind of like who I used to be versus who I am now. Yeah. And it's a quality of life thing, isn't it? About how do you want to live your everyday and, you know, what are you prepared to sacrifice? And I I can fully, fully understand that. But then, you know, a a younger version of me might have found that quite hard because you want to be able to have all the nice things and and eat the nice things and drink the nice things. But actually, yeah, I feel like at this point, there's nothing more important than my health and my mental health, like really, ultimately there isn't anything because it enables us to do everything we do and kind of be in those frames of mind that are really important to us. So in terms of the times that were really, really difficult for you, obviously the main kind of thing that helped you in this case is when you figured out about what you could and couldn't eat and your diet. I wonder if there were other things that you sort of found out and understood about yourself in that time that really enabled you to feel better in yourself and feel more well, like in your mental health. Yeah. So it's interesting, right? Because it was just kind of like the beginning where I, I felt like I was almost back to baseline of going, oh, this is how people must have always felt. I just didn't feel this way kind of thing. And so it was like a returning to baseline, but I never want to give the illusion that like that was enough in particular to like really thriving and figuring out how to navigate. I mean, I'm trained as a therapist. I used to be a therapist, right? Like I had all the tools and still like, I just found myself in these cycles of like, and a lot of it is my background and my upbringing and all of those things, of course, but it was just like, I didn't know how to navigate out of getting out of these like victim ways of being is how I would describe it. And to me, and this is why I'm so passionate about what I do now, because I know we're not taught these skills enough and it really is so simple and so basic. And I think sometimes my clients want to punch me because they're like, no, 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 no. There has to be some other secret. You're like not telling me, but everything starts with our thoughts and like, there's so much more to it, of course. And it really is as simple as like, how are you speaking to yourself? What thoughts are you believing? Because the way I describe it in any type of thought work is your brain's going to do what it's going to do, especially as you're new to this work and you're learning to reprogram your brain. Like it's a brain, it's there to keep you safe. And so it's going to come up with all these thoughts, but the work is really to be the gentle observer of them. And like, can you witness these thoughts? Just observe, you're not your thoughts, you're not your feelings, but you get to choose to give more attention to the more empowering thoughts and feelings that you want. And that's how you co-create your life is really being intentional about that. But we're trained, or at least I was trained of like, life happens to me, woe is me if this terrible thing happens, feel sorry for me, go down this rabbit hole, whatever. And yet it's like, there's this whole buffet of a feasting way of living down the hall. And yet we're settling for these like breadcrumbs because that's what we're conditioned to say like you, well, that's just the hand you got dealt. Yeah, that is really profound what you've just said there. I can really, really relate to that being stuck in that sort of victim mindset and not being able to get out of it. And almost before you're able to get out of it, you begin to be able to observe and see the mindset happening. But it takes 
a shift in perspective to be able to step right out of that and kind of shift the way that you're thinking. And of course, it's really tempting. Like it's really self-indulgent in a, in a way that feels good, right? To feel bad about like, in you know, feel bad about what's happened and feel like, oh, you know, it's always difficult for me. I have things so hard. Um, I've never had it easy. You know, these, they're really tempting thoughts that are almost like a short-term fix, a short-term feel-good, like, oh, I've always had a really difficult time. It's always difficult for me. Other people have had it so much easier than me because it makes you sort of feel good in the moment before it makes you feel really awful. And that sort of is really powerful that you can get really stuck in a, almost like a whirlwind of that, a cycle of that that goes round and round and round and it can be really hard to step out of it. And I also love what you were saying about observing your thoughts that is like mind-blown moment because just knowing that you can step back and you can observe your thoughts and you are not your thoughts what you said there I love that phrase and I love that concept because it was so empowering for me when I learned that that I am not my thoughts like we can think really awful things sometimes and that doesn't mean I'm an awful person it just means the Uh thoughts come into my head and and we can feel so guilty, right? We can feel so so much shame or, or yeah, guilt, I suppose. Negative feelings about thoughts that we have. And just because we had a thought doesn't mean that we are a certain person. It doesn't mean we're a bad person. But we can feel like that. So what you were saying is turning that mindset around was really, really powerful for you from the kind of victim mindset in order to step back and observe and and kind of observe your thoughts and observe where your thinking is going and where it's coming from and then begin to maybe feed your mind, I suppose, if that's the right way to describe it, but like feed your mind with good nourishing thoughts in order to then change the way that your brain is working and change your outlook. Is that right? Absolutely. And like, everyone's going to be different on this way of thinking and being right. Like I personally have had to, and continue to have to do a lot of like maintenance and work here because I was raised by very victimy parents and conditioning and those types of things. So it is deeply ingrained in me where, you know, I look back and like some coworkers or people that at the time I thought were like these annoying, positive pollies, but now I'm like, (laughs) Oh my gosh, they had such good perspective. (laughs) Like they were raised by like using incredible parents that gave them this mindset, which like now I'm all about, but I didn't get like, we don't get it till we get it. Right. Right. So For me, it's just like, yeah, you can, like, you can start practicing this work at any time. And it is just becoming aware of your thoughts. And like you said, which I talk about all the time with clients, because I think it's so important that we have so much more transparency around this, because I know this was so helpful for me when I was like really starting to understand this of having coaches or mentors or people that was like, there's nothing wrong with you for having these negative thoughts or these crazy thoughts or whatever you want to call them. Cause sometimes you can feel like I'm doing it wrong Mm -hmm. because in the personal development space in particular, I think there's this like positive way of thinking being that almost shames people unintentionally, probably, but people feel like, oh my gosh, I can't think that way all the time. And I'm like, no, 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 no one can. 
it's just, can you give more attention to what you want to be creating? And can you notice and shift those thoughts without making yourself wrong for having those thoughts? And this also applies to feelings. It's the same work and the same way of doing it, right? Like you're always going to have hard emotions to feel. The goal is not to overcome them and never have them. Like we're human beings beings and we get to feel the whole spectrum of emotions it's just like how are we navigating through that are we being kind and compassionate and gentle with ourselves in that process or are we beating ourselves up as we learn a new way of being and being like what's wrong with you sally's doing it so much faster blah 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 (laughs) yes yes i couldn't agree more with what you said there it's really really powerful actually just taking that time to acknowledge that we have thoughts that aren't always positive and that's okay. And we have feelings that aren't always positive. And I find so much in the work that I do that I'm actually helping people to know, you know, helping my clients to know that that your anger isn't bad. Your anger is the protector part of you. It's a really important part of you, you know, that we have to respect. It's just when the anger part of us has been squashed down too long or not appreciated, then it can get a bit, you know, scary. It can get a bit big. But what you're saying there is just really, really powerful to sort of enable people to know that we will have a whole spectrum of thoughts and feelings. And that is exactly what's meant to happen. We're not wrong or bad and we're not doing it wrong. And like you were saying about that comparison as well, you know, seeing that other people are managing to do it so much quicker or they're being more able to do it than me, but you have an entirely different kind of conditioning makeup you know what you come to the table with is entirely different to somebody else and you will be able to do something else really quickly that they just cannot grasp and it takes them a while because of your conditioning and what you've grown up with and the expectations and you were talking there about you know the input that you've had from childhood and parents and and important adults around us as children you know which means it's not our fault right it's not our fault if we find these things difficult because we this is what we learn and, and and what we observe as children and then we imagine that that's the the only way or the right way and then we have to sort of unpick and unlearn some of those things as we get older because they don't fit us anymore you know what we might have learned at three or five or seven maybe isn't right for us at you know, 33, 35, 37, it's not the right information to be telling our brain and we can begin to change that. And I I really, really like how you'd phrased it as well. I think the personal development world can be intimidating and can set our expectations to be too high and too hard on ourselves. And you said it's about being kind to ourselves, like being kind about our thoughts and our feelings. And it's so true, like we you know, we wouldn't be cruel to other people. And yet we sometimes are so tough on ourselves. And so it's about that process of being gentle with ourselves and bearing in mind that someone writing a personal development book is probably had years and years of training to get into that positive mindset. They're not going to be there the whole time. They probably had a really difficult time writing that book and had loads of moments of not feeling in the positive mindset and and, and positive kind of emotions. It's, you know, it is a journey that we're on and, and it's really important to feel, to feel the whole spectrum, as you say. Absolutely. And, you know, just in that light, like what I'm reminded of, and I've been having this conversation recently with, well, I feel like I have it often with clients, but I've also been having it with a lot of friends recently because I just 
gravitate toward these conversations. You know, like yeah. I love what I do. I love talking about things, like whether it's within the context of like work or not, it's just who I am now. And so to me, the concept of either like an alter ego or some type of like naming of that inner critic within yourself is really helpful, especially if you're struggling with separating yourself out from your thoughts or your feelings, or are really struggling to be kind to yourself. And, or the concept of just like, how would you speak to your best friend? How would you speak Mm -hmm. to a client? Like, Mm -hmm. I just remind people of that all the time because I'm like, everyone I speak to is this compassionate, loving human that would never shame someone else. And so I just really am like, okay, cool. So can we learn to take your own medicine? Because why are you less deserving? And this honestly was so integral for my growth because it it is that concept where we don't even realize we're consciously doing it, but we're saying we're the exception to the rule. And I'm like, no, like, how are you any less deserving? Like, that is just not true. Yes. And why are our expectations lower for ourselves as well? I fully agree with you there that as a tool, that is what really changed things for me as well, that I would ask myself, what advice or what expectations would I have for my best friend? And then I need to do the same thing for myself. Why do I deserve any less than what I would ask for from my most, you know, the most loved people in my life? The expectations for me should be the same, you know, it should be at least the same, if not more. And so it's that thing about taking a moment to step back and yeah, honor, I suppose, honor what it is that you are expecting for yourself and be gentle and kind enough to acknowledge if it's not enough. You know, we we live in a world that, encourages us to not be selfish and not be too self-absorbed and and not ask for too much for ourselves and actually we have to make we have to ask we have to ask for what we want for it to even begin to become in you know into reality we have to know what we want and be able to set goals and all of those things in order to start to bring about what we want to see in our life in order to feel fulfilled like you were talking about right at the beginning and if we don't ask who's going to Yeah. And that's the biggest, I mean, eye-opening thing for me in adulthood, particularly entrepreneurship is like, if you're waiting for permission, you're going to be waiting your whole life. And then you're going to (laughs) be 80 and resentful, right? Of all these people that gave themselves permission and went for things. And I think the more I have been around really successful people, or I'm just exposed to new ways of thinking and being, I'm like, oh my gosh, they were just a normal person that decided and did the work of like feeling worthy enough, chasing their dreams, showing up day after day, working on their mindset, working on all of these things that we're talking about, right? Like, yes. Everyone puts on their pants. I mean, as cheesy as it is, it's like everyone puts on their pants one leg at a time, all the things, right? And so I just think it's so empowering, especially in the world we live in, where like the opportunities are endless, endless. And you can do it too, is what you're saying. You can have permission. You can give yourself permission right now to do what it is that you want to do. And I, I, I love that. And you're so right as well. I think certainly when I was younger, I would look up to people and think, oh, wow, I wonder, you know, I wonder what it must be like to be that confident and be able to do those amazing things and, you know, run your own business and work for yourself or whatever it might be. And yeah, similarly to you with that entrepreneurial route is that I now am doing those things that I looked up 
to people about and the only thing that's different is that I've given myself permission to do it that I've given myself permission to try it's not even giving myself permission to succeed it's giving myself permission to try so that I I know that I've given it my best shot because I don't want to get to 80 and think I wish I had I wish and I wish I'd given myself the chance to do it because we all have these incredible skills you know we all have our own personal skill set and and that's just growing all the time you know there's no reason you can't have the things that you really want to have if you make a plan and, and work for them and and yeah give yourself permission that's really really important absolutely it starts with that yes love that i wonder if there was any other really important things that you feel have has been sort of quite transformational for you because we've spoken about understanding about your body and your autoimmune condition and then being able to change your food and and that gut brain connection was really important and then we've also thought about this permission element this sort of watching our thoughts and thinking about how we can shift or observe and be kind to ourselves is there anything else that seems like actually that was a really key element as well to moving from where you were at that time to kind of where you are now? I mean, a lot, but honestly, to me, it's also like really listen to yourself. You know, I think I wake up now and it's been this way for the past several years, but this again was not always the way. Um, and I have this extreme sense of gratitude, just like those were the first thoughts in my head, but I've had to train myself to think that way. Right. Like really, really train myself of like, what's my first thought in the morning, because otherwise my brain will lean towards something negative. But with that is also the sense of like, I love what I do. And I am really tapped into a mission and purpose and vision for who I want to help and where I'm going. And so I would just encourage anyone that's like struggling in some of these ways, if things are feeling off, like also make sure you're listening to your gut and like really leaning in of like, am I not doing things that I want to do or feel are desires of mine because I am listening to other voices or I'm too scared or I've been told I can't or any of those things. And those are all normal. They're going to keep coming up. Like that so is the secret. Like no one does away with fear. And like making sure you are really listening to yourself because that to me is when life gets good. It's never a hundred percent like roses every single day of running your own business. Of course not. You know, I joke all the time, but even my worst income months, even my worst, hardest months, like I personally would not trade it for anything right now because I have this freedom lifestyle that I am like all about and I want for people. And it comes down to service. Like I love getting to help clients in the way that I do. And I didn't feel this passionate about my life. You know, when I worked for someone else where I was doing a job that I liked, it was just very different. So I also would say like lean into those gut feelings, those like little moments where your intuition is telling you something because that's where the magic is. Yes, I love that. I really, really love that. I think it's just so important as well because your intuition will give you much better ideas than if you just kind of go along with what logic will tell you because logic is, you know, stuck with our fear as well of what might go wrong, might not work out. And intuition is is fundamental actually to, to what I do. And I, yeah, I really appreciate what you're saying there. I think if you've made that shift from 
working for someone else and not not loving it and then working for yourself and having all the freedom that that can bring and challenge as well it's not it's not you know all freedom (laughs) but um it's very hard I think it's very hard to go to go back in that direction and I think the intuition stuff is so so fundamental but it can be hard to tap in first of all like it takes practice to tap into that I found that when I first started to really tap into it, I mean, I was always tapped into my intuition. I just didn't really know. But when I first started to use it and really use it for like decision-making and things like that, I had to, I had to journal and like free write to get that voice, you know, to practice using that voice. And, and nowadays I don't need to write it. I can tap into that quite quickly in myself, but you know, it's something that takes practice and we're not encouraged to use that skill as children and it, and it's something that I think is really a miss in the education that we give our children that that we should be using that intuition to make all of the big important decisions we shouldn't be using logic we should be using what feels right what feels good for us and I think you know that can be really transformational when you start to use that skill and really lean into it as well yeah and I think with that I would say if, if anyone is a highly sensitive person like I am, and I think oftentimes people that are drawn to this type of work are, and you know, the other thing I'm reminded of, uh, just with clients I work with and just with myself because of being that way is be really careful about who you are listening to. Like, especially if you're newer in listening to your intuition, because like you were saying, like people and their fear, it's going to show up, especially when you're doing something that doesn't make sense to other people. People well-intentioned are going to have opinions and it's going to be a lot of their projecting of their own fears onto you. And if you're not careful, it's going to be hard to take those courageous steps forward if you're listening to all those voices. So I'm just really, really at a point where like, I don't talk to a lot of people. If I'm making like a big scary decision or something, right, where I just know, I have to make sure I'm not talking to that person that I know is gonna give me, you know, well-intentioned advice, but really comes across as like fearful or negative or whatever, because I will pick up on that energy and then maybe second guess myself. Whereas if I just, like insulate myself with, you know, if I need to talk to some people that I know can be on the same page, then I'll talk to them. But otherwise, like be cautious. Yes. Oh, I, it's not, it's so funny that you've said that because I've had to do one of those big decisions this week. And I did that same thing of like, shall I go and talk to, you know, these people? And I, and I, went no like my brain's like no what you need to do is sit down and journal and feel and feel your feelings like how do you feel about this how does it sit with you because that exact same thing that if people aren't in the position you're in they're not going to always get it and the only opinion that matters actually is yours the only point of view that actually matters is yours and so even though lots of people have ideas about what you do that doesn't actually count so much because it's you that's making the decisions about your life it's you that's living your life it's you that lives it every day and has the reality of the decisions that you've made and so the only person whose opinion really counts is yours and then that takes practice right you have to be brave you have to be brave to go against the grain of what people can see what you're doing and are confused by it or don't really understand or think why don't you just get a sensible job or whatever it is that the opinions are around you but 
yeah, that can be really, really, it takes practice to trust your intuition as more important, well-intentioned advice that isn't on the same kind of line of where you're going. And it's not meant, you know, I don't mean that unkindly at all, because there are many people who really want to help you and support you in your life. But, but it is, it's a skill, isn't it? And you have to practice it. It's not something that is really easy to do straight away. But the more you do it, the more you know you're right because things start to move in the direction that you really want them to be and you start to wake up every day. Like you're describing being able to be grateful for the freedom life that you've created for yourself and the experiences that you've created for yourself. And that's so empowering, right? If the only person that you have to check in with is yourself, you don't have to check in with anyone else. I mean, that gives you so much, so much autonomy to sort of do the things you want to do. And then, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've then found those few people who I can check in with when I'm having a wobble, because I know that they're going to give me the advice I would give myself, you know, that those people who you, who you can trust, I suppose, to be in your creative positive risk-taking headspace. Absolutely. And I think the one thing that is important to say with what you were just describing, I mean, I personally always use like gym analogies because I think it's so, most of us know, right? We can't go to the gym once and expect to have completely different results. And so just in that line of thinking, I think it's so important to remember this is a muscle, whether it's changing your thoughts, looking at how do I really tap into who I am and start to listen to my intuition. Like it's all practice and requires repetition just the same way as like, I have to literally go and do dumbbell curls, you know, every single day (laughs) I can't do them once. And so I just think it's helpful to, to remind ourselves and be patient with yourself in the Mm. process because you're not going to develop the muscles overnight. No one is. Yeah. I love that. Be patient because we are right in that moment of where people may be starting the year with some really fierce resolutions for themselves. And, and I, I'm, you know, I'm not a big fan of resolutions in the sense that if I want to change something, I'll do it now. I won't wait for the new year. But um, on the other hand, there's something really positive about fresh starts. And I do like that feeling about fresh starts, but, but we can go in a bit too hard and maybe that the reminder from today, it feels like the message, the overall message that's coming from this conversation and what you've been sharing and the kind of really powerful story and journey that you've been sharing is, is that that patience and kindness with yourself, which is so important and not always there, you know, it's not always there. It's a practice, a muscle is something we have to practice, but it makes so much difference when we do. Yeah. And you know, life is funny. I look back and I was I don't know, gosh, 15 years ago or more at this point when I was in grad school and I had, we had like, we had therapists, they weren't, Mm. it was through our school. So it wasn't actually therapy, but it was as close, right. For our, our program. And I think back to the woman I was paired with and I was so hard on myself for so, 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 so many years. And she would just look at me and lean in and say, how can you be kinder to yourself here? And I would roll my eyes and be like, ah, there has to be something else we can talk about or do or whatever. Right. Yeah. And now I'm that person where yes. like, I, that's so much of what I mirror to my clients is like, yeah. do you want to keep this story? Yeah. Are you being kind to yourself? And it's, we don't get it again. We don't get it till we get it. But then it's yeah. like, oh, it all starts within. 
Okay. Yes. It does. I feel like that's the tagline for your, you've just, you've just done the title there for the podcast episode. Perfect. It all starts within. It's so true. And it, and it is that I remember doing, I remember those parts of the process about, oh, they're so positive. I'm finding that really hard to be around when I wasn't in that positive frame of mind. And then eventually you realize that you've maybe moved across to the other side and you are that person that, you know, not, not in a sort of toxic positivity way, just in a, being able to be in a in a generally good space most of the time, you know, in a generally yeah. good headspace. And when I'm when I'm not also being able to be gentle enough to sort of allow it and let the feelings happen, let the thoughts happen, and then when I'm ready to move out, move out. Um, but thank you so, so much. I feel like there's been absolutely loads of really awesome stuff there for people to take away. And just sort of also really tangible tools but but they're big things they're big shifts that you can sort of begin to really use to change your perspective you know in a gentle day by day you know bicep curl by bicep curl way that you're just taking it one tiny step at a time and that's how you really create real changes by doing a tiny bit often rather than trying to do a big bit not very often so you can take it in a sort of gentle way as well um which feels like a really really lovely concept to kind of focus on so can you tell us a little bit about where this has taken you now because we know that you've you've kind of like where you've come from with your sort of mental health and well-being journey where is it taken to you to now because you've alluded a little bit to some sort of coaching things but tell us a bit more about what it is it that you do yeah so now i do coaching i work with clients all online i have clients in i think six countries right now which is super fun but yeah i mostly coach female entrepreneurs so i focus on it's funny because it's like i I really help clients to make more money and to make more money quickly and then i want them to be able to repeat it and keep it and just really access their own power So I help a lot of clients, you know, make big income months. A lot of my clients make more money than I do. I love it. It's just so fun. But the truth is, it's all kind of the same work. Like the secret is I started doing more life coaching because I did a little more trauma work because of my therapy background when I first launched my business and I love it. And I still do a lot of the same types of work. But what I have found is I just love working with entrepreneurs because it's like, you get to create what you want. And then we actually get to work through the money stuff, which is so loaded for so many people, right? Like myself included, but is there anyone who isn't loaded? I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) No. So it's just like wild. Right. And I, you know, I'm just so inspired and I'm really, I'm motivated and inspired this year to work with higher level clients that are up to really big things because I know I do my best coaching when it is someone who's ambitious and wants to uh, do big things in this world and has a mission that they're committed to. And it's like, we have to get down to the inner stuff of like, what's running the show? Because a lot of clients I've worked with, like, yeah, maybe they've had massive success, but like, they might not feel worthy of it or there's still you know a lot of old trauma or things lingering so the secret is it's all a lot of internal stuff like I work with clients on strategy and how to scale your business and all of those things and those things are important like to have a strategy to have a business however most of it really comes down to like how do we make some really bold decisions about who you are and shift your identity 
because this is the work that then allows you to take those big, bold actions. It's like when you know you're worthy, when you feel deserving and you can show up from that place, like the inspired action, like back to the intuition, like you will get those intuitive hits of like, oh, I should call this person or I should post this or, you know, and then it just kind of takes off. But most of it really comes down to the stories we're telling ourselves and how are we navigating our internal stuff. I love that. I really, I can really align with that. And, and the stepping into your stepping into the person that you want to be, you know, that idea of showing up as the business owner, as the, as the successful business person that you want to be, or whatever it is that you want, you know, showing up as the mom or whatever the thing is that you're striving for. There's something really, really powerful about it. I love that. It sounds incredible. And if people are really keen and feel like they've really resonated with you and your message, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Two options as the best ones would be either on Instagram, uh, so setyourselffree.llc, or I have a free Facebook group and it's called Set Yourself Free Community. So you can come hang out and find me on either of those platforms. Love it. And we will put all of those um, links in the show notes for people who are listening. If you want to click through to that, you can do it that way as well. Thank you so much. There's been so much in here. Is there any sort of last minute thoughts, anything that you wanted to leave us with? And don't worry if there isn't. I just like to have space at the end if there's anything that's come up and you think, actually, I really want to share that. The only thing I would say in terms of everything we've talked about, and I was just reminded because I was talking on a show yesterday, is remembering that you're worthy and you're enough. You know, like I just know that's so simplistic, but if you can go back to who you were as a kid and really tapping into whether there was a moment or a story or a situation where you just felt so worthy and deserving and like grabbing that feeling because everything I know about manifesting is like, we have to access our feelings and get into our bodies. And so maybe just spend some time thinking and sitting with your feelings of like, how do I access that part? Whether it was a four-year-old who, you know, like felt so amazing at this party and loved, or I don't know, whatever it is, but that part of you is still in you and it's accessible. And that's what I want the world to be able to tap into because it's just a lot of BS that the world says you've completely changed and you have to do all these different things, but you're just as worthy and deserving as that four-year-old as you are now. Yes. I love that. I love that so much. Like step into those little versions of you who felt really good and really worthy. That's so powerful because we have all of that emotion locked inside us, don't we? It's absolutely there and accessible if you decide to reach in um, and find it within, like you say. Um, Thank you so, so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was so fun, Harriet.
I really enjoyed this conversation with Carrie. It took me back to a lot of personal moments for myself as well. I hope you found something useful in here and maybe some pointers about where you can take yourself in terms of the way that you think and positivity going forward. It doesn't always have to be a bad thing. As always, Carrie's details are on today's show notes, which you can access by clicking the link associated with this episode. Otherwise, take really good care of yourself and you'll hear from me soon.